I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review for finals week one of the 2023 season. What an unbelievable week it was. Uh, We obviously started off with the two top four games, which sort of played out exactly the way that I think most of us expected to. Uh, Outside of the Brisbane game, to be honest, I thought Melbourne would put up a much better fight, but that performance was awful. We'll talk about that very soon. And the rest of the weekend, as per finals footy, as per footy with urgency, it was absolute chaos. Desperation was at an all-time high, and Jesus Christ, it is going to be very, very tough for one of those top four teams to go, uh, sorry, for one of those bottom four teams to go too much further in this competition, because that would have taken so much out of the tank, especially that Newcastle game. My God, uh, 90 minutes, finals week one. Thank- thankfully, they had the rest of the week before, uh, but that's going to take a lot out of the tank. So, plenty to get stuck into. Guys, we did our live reactions after every single game, about 20 minutes spent on each game. Today will be a little bit shorter, probably 10 to 15 minutes on each game, uh, maybe even less. We sort of did summarize a lot of it in our live reaction. I'm pretty happy with how we reacted to the vast majority of those games. But we have just got our very key points that we will talk about today. But if you do want a bit deeper and a bit more of a live sort of reaction straight after every game, I put them all together this morning so you can go and have a listen to that. We also had the top 10 plays as selected by NRL.com, our live reaction to all of those, dropping the podcast earlier this morning. Some really fun content. If you haven't had a listen to one of those yet, go and have a listen to it. I think you will really, really enjoy it. All right, let's get stuck in. So the first game of the weekend, the Brisbane Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. The Brisbane Broncos obviously coming home with a big, big victory here at the end. Uh, 26-0 for the Broncos to keep the Melbourne Storm to nil. Uh, That would have been the Biggest victory for them by far and away. You have a look since 2019, only two teams have been kept to zero uh, in the in a finals game, uh, and both happened in 2019 back to back weeks. Of course, the Brisbane Broncos beaten 58 nil by the Parramatta Eels, and then the week after, the Melbourne Storm kept someone to zero. I can't remember who it was, but pretty special that the Broncos' last finals game was 58 nil. Their next finals game, 26 nil over Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, Craig Bellamy. 
pretty bloody impressive stuff. This Broncos side, they are the real deal. Uh, I thought there was a chance that just finals pressure and all that might be able to get to some of these guys who hadn't played finals footage before. Uh, how wrong I was. If you were to sit me down and make me watch this game with no context and said, hey, who's the team that hasn't played finals footy before? I would have put my house on Harry Grant, Cam Munster, Jerome Hughes, and the Melbourne Storm boys. They just looked in all sorts. And Brisbane, they were just in total control. What I loved about this game was the way the Brisbane Broncos went about their footy. They just dominated the middle. They stayed patient. They didn't push their hand. Tony Staggs scored early, obviously. A young Tonema Payer coming up with a few defensive decisions uh, that left a lot to be desired. Uh, obviously, Justin Olam. Normally, his spotter have been a little bit surprised uh, that he hasn't been in this side over the last few weeks, and we sort of never really got any big explanation for it sort of thing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the side that the Storm pick next week, if they pick and stick, or if they maybe do make some changes and bring some boys back from reserve grade. Will be very, very interesting. But Katoni Staggs had a fantastic season. He crossed for the first try. We then went in at halftime, and it was just 8-0, you know, and it was very tight. I thought the Melbourne Storm hung in the contest really well. There was no doubt whatsoever that Brisbane were the better side. Uh, but there's no doubting that the Melbourne Storm hung in this game until halftime. But then after that, um, it was just Red Rover. You have a look at halftime, though. The stats for the Brisbane Broncos. Paddy Carrigan, 123 metres, uh, 56 post-contact, three tackle breaks, two offloads. Payne Haas, 10 runs, 100 metres, 46 post-contact, four tackle breaks. Herbie Farmworth, he ran for 113 metres in the first half, 54 post-contact. So the, the Broncos, they were winning the middle by far and away. I thought Herbie was electric in this this game. He was absolutely everywhere. Uh, you have a look at the Melbourne Storm. I think Tui Kamakamika, he had 50 metres, and I think he was the highest for the Melbourne Storm at halftime. Nass come on, to be fair. He made 50 metres in 14 metres. He had a really good impact when he came onto the field. Uh, but yeah, just as a whole, the Melbourne Storm, they hung in in the first half, but they just... I don't know. I don't know what happened with the Melbourne Storm the other night. It's a bit hard to work out. I wouldn't want to be playing them this week. I think Craig Bellamy does have them up for this game um, at home. I think they do put in a good performance, but that was their worst finals performance in quite some time. I, 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 maybe saying their worst finals performance ever might be a little bit over the top, but honestly, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a game where I thought they were worse than that come finals, and maybe they weren't. Uh, it really was a very, very disappointing performance from the Melbourne Storm. Uh, came out in the second half, and you know we spoke about it with with, with Kempi on bloke and a bar during the week. Uh, we wanted Reese Walsh just to ease his way into the game, just do the simple stuff early. The highlight plays will come, and they certainly did. Around the 50th minute, he exploded through took them on himself, went straight through, and then he put Jordan Ricky over as well. The maturity in Reese Walsh, uh, it is it was on show the other night. Very similar to Origin. Did the tough stuff first. He was returning balls like Carmichael at different points. And then when the moment came, he pulled the trigger. Same as he did in Origin. Very, very impressive stuff from Reese Walsh. Adam Reynolds was amazing. His kicking game, as per usual, was, was just phenomenal. Uh, if you go and have a listen to the top 10 plays from round finals week one for 2023, uh, we sort of analysed that, that dropout that he did that I just thought was fantastic. There was another kick that he did for Selwyn Cobbo over on that wing, which forced Melbourne to, you know, run back, catch it, pop it back into the in-goals and force a line dropout um, to force a dropout when the ball lands 10 metres out and it's just like it's all to plan. He was either going out or going into the in-goals. Uh, Adam Reynolds, his kicking game is unbelievable. As we said, you know, the, the, the big boys, Haas, Carrigan, Flegler, they were just so good in the first half. And, you know, that they, they went in, you know, up 8-0. But if you had like an energy gauge, and how much gas
gas was, you know, it's taken out of the tank of the Melbourne Storm. They were way down, way, way down. And the boys executed in the second half and really put them away. So shout out to the Brisbane Broncos. Very, very good performance. Uh, they have put to bed any worries I had about them on the big stages or in finals. They're going to have two weeks to prepare now returning to Suncorp Stadium. Uh, and, Jesus, I think they will either play the Warriors or the Newcastle Knights in their prelim final. And, fuck, those two are going to go to war. Two forward packs they are going to belt and bash each other. Warriors coming off the Panthers game, which is always tough. That always takes a lot out of the tank. Uh, the Newcastle Knights, they obviously played a 90-minute thriller up there at Newcastle. So whoever Brisbane get, they're going to be fresh, ready to go, and they're going to come up against a gritty, but, fuck, a very, very tired team. So you would have to think the Brisbane Broncos, they are odds on to play in the 2023 grand final at the moment. Uh, a couple of boys have got injured. Ryan Pappenhausen, obviously heartbreaking stuff. We're now hearing that it's probably not as bad as what we thought, which is fantastic. He is a sniff to play round one next year, they reckon. So we wish Pappy all the very best. One of the good guys in rugby league. And um, whether you're a Melbourne Broncos, fucking whoever you go for, uh, that was heartbreaking scenes the other night. That was very, very tough to watch. The other injury was Xavier Coates as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he is available next week. The Melbourne Storm will go back to Melbourne to take on the Sydney Roosters, who have a lot of injuries themselves. Uh, I am probably expecting the Melbourne Storm to get back up at home for that. But this Roosters side, they are very hard to tip against at the moment. So very disappointing night all round for the Melbourne Storm. Um, yeah, I think Craig Bellamy, he was going nuts, absolutely nuts in the um, in the box upstairs. And maybe the injury to Ryan Pappenhausen sort of simmered him a little bit, sort of changed the emotions surrounding the night. Shout out to Cam Munster. Um I thought in the first half, he came up with a number of errors, but he, I, I did feel like he was starting to get into the game a little bit, forced a line drop out, uh, was starting to get a little bit into the niggle here and there. Uh, they spoke to him after the game. They shoved a microphone in his face after the game, and, geez, I just love the way that he spoke. He was completely fucking beside himself, um, and he just said it wasn't good enough. And he named names. He said, myself, Meany, Harry, Jerome, we weren't good enough and we have to be better for our fans. It was shit house. Uh, so I do love that honesty from Cam Munster. Uh, the accountability is what we want to see, and I'm expecting a big bounce back from them next week. Uh, and if so, we will get a Panthers v Melbourne Storm prelim final, which would be unreal. Um, if the guard hasn't already changed, maybe that could be a big change in the guard sort of moment there. Uh, let's move to the next game. Uh, the Penrith Panthers and the New Zealand Warriors. Obviously, the Panthers are uh, running out with a big, big victory here over the New Zealand Warriors. 32 points to six at Bluebet Stadium. Um... Look, respectfully to the Warriors, I know you're missing Sean Johnson, but like they're, they're just not at this level. They, they really aren't. Um, and, you know, that, that might sound harsh, and I, I know there's Warriors, well, some Warriors fans will get really upset by that, uh, but the reality is the premierships aren't won in a season. Yeah, very rarely do you see teams come from absolutely nowhere to win a premiership out of the blue. You know, you've obviously got the Panthers of 03, the Tigers of 05. Outside of that, premierships are built over years and years and years, and the Warriors, they have headed in the right direction this year. It has been fantastic to see. Uh, but there is still more to build on. And look, they're not out of this competition, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think they've got what it takes to be able to beat Penrith or Brisbane. Same as, I think there's 14 other teams in this competition who probably doesn't have what it takes to beat Penrith and Brisbane as well. So they're at the very top of that list as far as the best sides, but I did say it the last few weeks, it just did not feel like the Warriors were on this level. I know you were without SJ, I get that. Uh, But I mean, SJ, he's a fantastic player, but he does not 
turn the tide like you did the other night. You were beaten through the middle. The Panthers forwards really dominated. Um, yeah, and I, look, I understand the, the compounding of you take out Sean Johnson, you also lose Dill Walker. I get that. Uh, but the Panthers were well and truly on top before Dill Walker would have even entered this game. You know, they, 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 they were starting to run away with it already. So Panthers, they were the much better side for me in this game. Um, and yeah, 32 points to six. I thought that was a pretty fair reflection of the Panthers' dominance in this one. Brian Toho, he obviously scored the first try. Liam Martin scored the next one. Obviously, Nath Cleary was getting up, putting his, trying to put his boot back on, couldn't get it on, went without it, set up that try, incredible stuff. Uh, Taruva then scored a double. I thought Stephen Crichton's hands were fantastic, and just the shape that the Penrith Panthers threw at the Warriors on that play, just absolute clockwork, despite missing players. On that left edge, where they were there without Jerome Luai as well. I just thought Nath playing both sides of the ruck. He was just electric in this game. He was everywhere, Nath Cleary. A very, very impressive performance. Uh, Isaiah Yo was in control all game. I thought the Warriors sort of played into the hands of the Penrith Panthers. There was honestly one time where they played, you know, some old school Warriors footy where they offloaded the ball and they tried to make the Penrith Panthers uncomfortable and Wade Egan scored off that try, off that play there. Uh, some, some very, very nice ball movement there. And I'm not saying the Warriors should return to, you know, 2000s footy, but I think in order to beat this Penrith side, you can't beat them with Penrith football. You've got to try and throw something a little bit di- little bit different at them, uh, whether that's kicking early or offloads or whatever it might be. Uh, but I, I am happy to sit back and say it is very, very hard for the Warriors to do that against this side without Sean Johnson. That did make life difficult, but I still don't think he would have been the difference. Uh, I thought it was really evident that the Penrith Panthers, they worked over the middle early. They, uh, I think if you have a look at halftime, um, they forced their middles to make an absolute stack of tackles. You have a look. Even just in, in, in the opening 14 minutes, Egan, AFB, Torhu, Barnett, they all made 10-plus tackles. And by half time, um, they just forced those guys to get through so much work. It was not even funny. Made life very difficult. Uh, you look at half time, 20 nil to the Panthers. Uh, Penrith completed at 84%. The Warriors at 64%. 61% possession to the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the Panthers had ran for 400 more metres. It was six line breaks to zero. So probably tells you all you need to know about that game. Uh, and as I said, because the boys worked over the middle so hard, the Penrith Panthers boys, uh, by the time you know the second half started, those guys were just absolutely gassed through the middle and it sort of just allowed uh, the Penrith Panthers to continue their dominance. Uh, I thought the back three were immense. Obviously, Brian To'o, uh, Dylan Edwards and Taruva, the, all three of them were fantastic. They were very, very impressive. Uh, yeah, and look, the, the way that the Panthers started, how hard how hard and fast they went through the middle uh, and, and just gassed the Warriors. Uh, they just strangled them. Just death by a thousand cuts in that game. Uh, the Warriors, look, they scored that one good try outside of that. Not too much to touch on, to be honest with you. There's not. I don't think there's all that much point breaking down their attacking shape and you know what, what were their objectives and whatnot because once they get SJ back, it does completely change and it was different without SJ. Uh, but I don't think he was, you know, I'm having a, a, a lot of Warriors fans messaging me saying that, you know, without SJ you know, if SJ was there, it was a different story. And uh, okay, maybe it would have been a little bit closer, but I still don't think you would have won that game. I think that in order to you, to, to show that you could have won that game with SJ, you had to compete more through the middle. Um, 
and and you simply didn't realistically. So the Warriors, they will go home now. It'll be interesting to see uh, how much of an impact that game has on them. We know history tells us you take on a side like the Panthers, there is a bit of a hangover the week after. But I do think the Warriors going back home to New Zealand, hopefully getting SJ back, uh, I think they will get a huge, huge lift out of that. Um, And whilst the Warriors might be a little bit gassed from this game, um, they then have to take on the Newcastle Knights, who not only, you know, they played 90 minutes, it's on Sunday afternoon. They then have to fly to New Zealand. They're going to have a change at halfback. Uh, it's going to be a very, very tough week for Newcastle, and I'm very keen to see how they bounce back. Ten wins on the row for the Knights. We'll talk about them soon, but... Uh yeah, geez, this is the ultimate test, essentially, uh, playing a 90-minute overtime game and then going to New Zealand to take on the Warriors, who are hopefully getting SJ back. Going to make life very, very difficult. Uh, but an opportunity for the Warriors to regroup and go again. Hopefully, they can prove me wrong. Uh, the Roosters and the Cronulla Sharks. The Roosters obviously getting this one done 13 points to 12 in an absolute thriller. When this game finished, I thought, well... That's the most nervous I will be all weekend. That's the most exciting game. Little did I know what was to come on Sunday afternoon, something like I've never really seen before. But this Roosters-Sharkies game was incredible. Uh, we, we pointed out the stat during the, uh, during the day, Lindsay Collins. I think that the Roosters have won nine of 11 games this year when he played 55-plus minutes. Uh, when he played less than 55, I think they'd won three from 12 or something ridiculous. Uh, Lindsay Collins knocked up 60 minutes in this game, and they managed to win this one. He came out with a huge try-saver at one point. Uh, unfortunately, James Tedesco got Simbin on the next play, which I thought was a completely fair call. But Lindsay Collins, he was huge in this game again. The influence he has on this team, is it really is incredible. It's very similar to what JWH had, you know, a couple couple of years ago. Not saying he doesn't anymore, but he used to have just those incredible stats that they just simply didn't win without him. Uh, pretty wild stuff. Um, look, the Teddy, uh, the Roosters, the Teddies, the Roosters, uh, I thought they had no right to win that game whatsoever. They had so many things go against them, so many key moments that went against them, and they just showed grit. Their defense uh, was just so impressive against the Shark side that is just, just got points written all over them. They've got points all over the park. The Roosters in the second half, like they ran out, Suwali'i gone. He was probably their best back in the first half, I thought Joey Manu did his hamstring with about 30 to go. Teddy got sin bin. So here they are missing their complete right edge. And Teddy off the field down to 12. They had, you know, Sandon Smith out there playing a bit of fullback, bit of center. Angus Crichton playing center. Going up against the Sharky side who, you know, a star-studded backline essentially full strength. I'm trying to think, who, you know, obviously Hazelton got injured during the game. We wish him all the very best, but Dale Finucane out, Will Kennedy out. Um, but I mean, like Will Kennedy, oh, fuck, I'm not convinced if, if Will Kennedy was fit. I'm not sure if they pick him over Connor Tracy, to be completely honest with you. So, um, you know, just an incredible effort by the Sydney Roos. Thought it was very impressive. Wong, our boy, we've been talking about him for a long time. And I think people were starting to sort of question what I was talking about with this guy because he had been sort of, he's played a few games now, hadn't really stood out, had come up with a few poor defensive plays. But fuck, I love it when, when your back guys in and they arrive on the biggest stages of their career and they come up with performance. Performances like that. He got the Roosters Man of the Match award, which was sensational to see. Obviously, scored the try off the rebound and whatnot, which was great. He's, he is going to be one of those guys the ball's going to bounce to. Uh, so a lot of people say, oh, it's just, just lucky it happened to go to him. No, no, no. This is when you get good players and when you get special players, the ball finds them. They're always just in the right spot. And he's one of those dudes. And, you know, shock me. You get to the back end of the game uh, and there's a charge down and who 
who's the you know he's surrounded by Cronulla players everywhere. But who's the who's the player that the ball goes to at the end of the game? There, of course, Wong. Um, he came up with an offload earlier in the game where he flicked it around his body to Joey Manu in contact. You're not in a try scoring situation on halfway. I mean, it takes a lot of balls to do shit like that, and this is the sort of ability he's got. Uh, came up with a couple of big tackles down on that right edge as well. So shout out to Wong. Uh, very very happy to see him perform like that. Great to see. Uh, Sammy Walker, wow, the Iceman came up with a big play in the big moment when his team needed him. Uh, wasn't in the side three weeks ago, keep that in mind. Uh, was absolutely fucking rattled, dropped, injured, told he was on the outside of the Roosters, media reports everywhere. For a 21-year-old, that must have been so much to take in. Then, of course, he comes back into the side just as they start to turn it around through Drew Hutchinson. Uh, takes his spot, Trent Robinson goes, you know what, I made a mistake earlier in the season. I need my X-Factor half back there. He plays a little bit unorthodox. He does things a little bit differently, uh, but came up with some huge, huge plays in this game, obviously through the cutout pass uh, for Joey Manu to score, and then came up with a big play at the end of the game. And you look at the way that Sam Walker handled that moment. Um, Nico Hines did have two shots at field goal, uh, and Sam Walker iced his, and that's what this kid is all about, just icing moments. Uh, the Roosters, a fantastic performance. Victor Radley, good God, my guy, he brought his shovel. He had a dig in this game. The last two weeks, Radley's been unbelievable, and it is very impressive to see what the Roosters are doing. For them to have this many things go against them and still find a way to win this game at Shark Park. You've got to keep in mind too, like, like we, we just spoke about um, the Newcastle Knights, right? And, and, and we're going to talk about them again in a minute, but I'm looking at them going, fuck, they must be exhausted after that huge finals game. Mate, the Roosters have been playing finals footy for a month. The Roosters have been playing close, tight, finals footy style games for a month now. And then they have to go to Shark Park and knock over the Sharkies when they get two injuries to their outside backs. Probably their two best outside backs. Um, they had a HIA, I think, to Billy Smith at one point. He managed to get back on the field, but just carnage fucking everywhere. Shout out to Sandon Smith as well. He came on and made some very, very big plays. He made one big tackle at one point, a try-saving tackle, and then he got a very key um, six-again call where he scooted from Dummy Harvey, saw markers weren't square. Some very, very smart plays. He's been a very good find for the Sydney Roosters. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year. Obviously, Connor Watson, he'll be available again. But, geez, I'm starting to wonder, do you maybe just run with Sandon Smith? Uh, interesting times for the Roosters. And we'll see what sort of a team they're able to put out next week. You might even see some debutants next week, for all we know. Uh, Going to be a lot of chopping and changing there. For the Sharkies, um, good God. They're now 0 from 3 in finals under Craig Fitzgibbon. Uh, of those three games, two of them have been at Shark Park. When you get a home final at Shark Park, you should, shouldn't should be beaten. It is as simple as that. Um, and two games as well at Shark Park that they should have won. I mean, against the Cowboys last year, I think they conceded 30 points at home in a home final. That's fucking wild. And then that game the other night... I mean, yes, lost by one point, it was tight, but had many opportunities to win that game. Had a lot of things go their way throughout the game. I've seen a lot of Sharkies fans complaining about the referees. Respectfully to you, you are fucking kidding yourself. Um, you had so many chances to win that game. The Roosters had so many things go against them. You weren't able to ice the moment. Take responsibility for it. Um, you should have won that game 100%. The Roosters had no right to win it, but they showed that grit, and that's what the Sharkies need to find. It's almost like they've got a case 
of the yips on the big stages. It's bizarre. I thought Nico Hines, I commented on it at halftime, he had 48 touches of the football in the first half, which I love to see. That's what you want from your dominant ball players. Everything the, the Sharkies do is built around Nico Hines, and I just love to see him go at the game. I think he ended up with 84 touches of the football, which is massive. Unfortunately, two of his last 84 touches uh, were charged down field goals. I do just think that on those field goals, and you know, I'm no expert at it, but I just think Nico, he seems to have a slower field goal than other guys in in, in, in this competition. Uh, when you compare him to the, the, the moment that Sam Walk had, I don't know if it means Nico, if their setup needs to be better, I don't know if he needs to be deeper, I don't know if he just needs to be faster taking them. It's something I'd love to talk to um, Sowie about. We, we, we might have a conversation about that during the off-season. Uh, I know that he posted something on, on, on Twitter the other night, which I found interesting about the way that team's set up. So, yeah, very, very disappointing for the Sharkies, especially when you think about um, all the bombed opportunities they have. Braley dropped one over the trial line. I think Ramian had another one that, that he dropped that I thought could have been a try. So, yeah, very, very tough. Nico Hines, the touches went through the roof, uh, but once again, just not able to ice that moment. So, yeah, interesting to see what the Sharkies do, whether they have like a little bit of a rebuild over the offseason. I mean, at the end of the day, they're, you know, that they've played finals two years in a row. They haven't won finals games, but this is where you, you, you've got to decide, okay, are we happy with where we are or are we a team that's genuinely trying to win a competition? Uh, and if so, I do think they need to make some changes next year. Um, I've been saying for a long time, one of my favorite could be anything is Ito. I think he could be an X-factor guy that, that could come in. But I also, like I heard Andrew John say the other day, they just don't have an X-factor player. And I sort of thought, fuck, is that not Nico? Like, is Nico not that guy? Maybe they need an, another layer. But I also just look through their side and go, fuck, why isn't this team more successful? Why aren't they more successful? They have got strike everywhere. They've got elite outside backs. They've got a Dally M winning halfback. Their forward pack is strong. Their hooker is great. Um, I don't know. They're just a weird one, the Cronulla Sharks, that I can't quite put my finger on. Uh, but hopefully Craig Fitzgibbon can turn it all around. But I thought that uh, a bit of finger pointing from Sharkies fans and even some Sharks officials, I, th- I thought Craig Fitzgibbon in the um, in the post-game interview, I did think there was a bit of finger pointing at referee decisions and whatnot, which was a little bit disappointing because I thought the Sharkies had every chance to win that game. Um, they didn't lose that game because of referees. They lost that game because the Sharkies aren't able to convert on the big stages, and that's it at the end of the day. Uh, let's move to the Raiders v. Knights game. What a game this was. The Knights winning this one, 30 points, 228. Edge of the seat stuff uh, for the entire game. It was crazy. Shout out to both teams. Courageous. Shout out to the fans too that got out there. The atmosphere looked electric out there. Uh, I thought the Raiders uh, losing Peru early. I don't know he's only in his third game, and I know he's a guy that I've spoken about, but it more so just hurt them because it was a big compounder after losing um, Papali and Horsburgh to then lose the guy that you bring into the middle to control the ruck. It really, really stung the Canberra Raiders. They were also on top at that point, and it sort of slowed the game, and it allowed the Newcastle Knights to get back into it. And, of course, a couple of minutes later, Marshu crossed. Uh, but the Raiders, they managed to fight their way back into it, which was very, very impressive. After the Marshu try, though, uh, the, sec- uh, the first half really took a turn uh, with the Canberra Raiders really starting um, to light it up after that with some very, very impressive plays. Obviously, uh, they forced a line drop out and whatnot. Uh, Trey Mooney, he, oh, sorry, the first try was um, from Schiller. Uh, Jesus Christ, the shot from Jack Whiten to dislodge the ball and Gagai to pick it up, score in the corner. Fantastic stuff. Um, obviously, Jack Whiten, the, the, the Raiders had a number of sets on their line. I posted about this on Instagram. I just 
Yes, I couldn't believe that with four sets on the line to sudden get death game, Jack White just sat in the corridor at left centre. That just seemed bizarre to me. Not what I expected. Maybe I'm overplaying it, but just seemed bizarre to me. Um, we then had Phoenix Crossland. He made a huge tackle on Matty Timiko. Shout out to Phoenix Crossland. He was everywhere in this game. Very, very impressive. I, I just thought he was so, so good. Obviously, the Raiders, just before halftime, they managed to cash in with two tries. Trey Manny scored one, and then Schiller scored another one off some fantastic uh, ball playing there from Jack Whiten. One of the great mixed bags of all time for Jack Whiten. Came up with some huge players, came up with some very disappointing knock-ons, came up with some very disappointing defensive players, and then the biting charge as well. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but one of the great mixed bags for Jack Whiten I think I've ever seen. Jamal Fogarty, very similar. A um, couple of fantastic kicks, but then some of the kicks, the one just coming out after in the second half uh, where he put it in the in goals on the full from about 30 or 40 out, you just, you just can't accept that from NRL halfbacks. And then in, in overtime... Uh, putting the ball over the sideline. A very, very disappointing moment there for Jamal Fogarty. I thought Jordan Rapiner was amazing. I think he ran for 280 metres. He was just everywhere, Geordie. And you saw at the back end of the game him returning a ball just complete and utter peg legs from cramp just because he'd done so much work. Um, I, I said yesterday, but if there was one guy that deserved to win this weekend that didn't, for me, it was Jordan Rapiner. He was amazing. Uh, Atamariota, I can't remember if I already mentioned him or not. My God, he is going to absolutely explode next season. You can just see he is one big preseason away from just absolutely flying. And next year, the Canberra Raiders with that forward back, Corey Horsburgh, Joe Tarpanay, and you know, an older Josh Papalibu, but playing his role. If Adam Mariota can go to that next level and they can hopefully get a little bit more um, out of Trey Mooney as well, my God, that Raiders pack, they're going to be a fucking handful to deal with. Um, for the Newcastle Knights, um, Hastings obviously gone at halftime. Look, I, I don't know exactly what's going on with Jacko, but I think it is very evident that he came into that game with an injury. Um, obviously, before that, and look, it was a pretty minor bump that caused the injury, so I would say there must have been something there before. I think you also need to remember that throughout the, that game for the first 35 minutes or whatever, Jackson Hastings didn't kick the ball at all. It was all KP and it was all Tyson Gamble. So Jackson obviously wasn't 100% going into that game. I would say he was playing through an injury there, uh, but the Newcastle Knights made the decision that they were better off to have his direction out there. Thankfully, uh, it didn't cost them. He did get injured. So whether you want to look at it as a mistake for playing Jackson out there or not, I'm not too sure. But Adam Clune comes in next week. Uh, a fresh set of eyes, a, a fresh guy halfback. Might help them um, a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, Jackson Hastings, a very disappointing way to, I would assume, end his season. Uh, if, if he'd had three weeks out, then he wasn't able to finish that game. I reckon he'll be at odds to probably play next week, but we'll see what happens. These blokes, they are different gravy and tough as nails. Dom Young, wow, what a game. He was fucking everywhere and the Newcastle Knights are going to miss him so much. What a grab for the Sydney Roosters. Uh, shout out to my boy though, Tyson Gamble. Fuck a duck. What a year it's been. He has just matured out of sight. It honestly has been one of my favorite storylines of 2023. Uh, we spoke about it on the top 10 plays from finals week one, so go and have a listen to that if you like a bit more deal on detail on Tyson Gamble, uh, but just the patience uh, and the control he's got over his game, it has just come from nowhere. He used to be an erratic Band-Aid halfback that you could chuck in for three or four weeks and he'd do a job, but you don't want to rely on him long term. Mate, Jack Cogger's signed there a month or two ago, hoping to be the 5'8 there next season and probably expecting to be the 5'8. Brother, good fucking luck getting this jersey off Gamble. He is one of the form 5'8s in the comp at the moment. Uh, Kalen Ponga, got some huge plays. He's obviously skinned Jack White at one point. 
to put Dom Young over. Very, very impressive. For me, that was the tackle on Jordan Rapiner. He kicked deep. He led the kick chase. Tried to put a shot on, a shot on Jordan Rapiner. Knew that he couldn't tackle with one of his shoulders. Went in with the other one. Huge risk of HIA and all that sort of shit with KP, which worried me. But I just love that attitude that KP is just going, fuck it, I need to lead here. This is my footy side. I need to lead from the front. It was great to see. Um, Phoenix Crossland, fucking hell. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mate, that bloke's going to need a nap for three days. He got through so much work. I had about a handful of people message me that were at the game yesterday, just messaging me and saying, mate, Phoenix Crossland has not stopped the entire time. I think he made 60-odd tackles in that game. I think he missed, you know, five or six or something, but, mate, Phoenix was everywhere. And some of the key tackles he made were massive as well, especially on their line. There was a chase down on Matty Timiko. Very special stuff. Uh, Dane Gagai, he had an absolute shocker for the first 60 minutes, but I'll tell you what, I've got to give Gagai credit. Um, you know, he dropped that ball that Jack White put the shot on him. He dropped another ball coming out of his own end. He dropped a ball over the try line. A million things went wrong for Dane Gagai. He just kept his head down and kept going. Uh, he scored a try late, which was good. But I'll tell you what, go back and watch the extra time just before KP kicks the penalty goal. There's a scoot that Dane Gagai, this run that he gets where he gets it on the right-hand side. He comes back to the middle. Very Justin Hodges-like. And he just gets them on the front foot, gets them in the right position uh, to be able to get the opportunity to kick that penalty goal at the end. So Gagai really was a bad game by him his standards, uh, but geez, when the moment came at the back end and someone had to come up with something, a huge run by Dane Gagai, very Justin Hodges-like there. Uh, yeah, look, the Canberra Raiders, their season done and dusted, devastating stuff, uh, but geez, you Raiders fans, fuck, you'd have to be proud of how your team went yesterday. All the guys missing and whatnot, you would have to be so proud of them. To be honest with you, I was more impressed with the Raiders yesterday in a loss than I have been in probably 70% of their wins this year. Uh, they were just resilient as fuck yesterday. I know that sounds weird, and I know that's disappointing for your Raiders fans to hear, but I genuinely was more impressed with them yesterday than in most of their wins that this year. So shout-out to the Canberra Raiders. Yes, they conceded 30. I get it. They are a bit of an unorthodox team, 100%, but you cannot question their ticker. They are all ticker, and that's got Ricky Stewart written all over it. He can carry on like a tit sometimes, and I get that 100%, but fuck, he knows how to get men together. He certainly does. Um, Adam Clune in next week, you would have to assume it's going to be a huge test for Newcastle going across the dish to take on the New Zealand Warriors at home. You'll probably see the Newcastle Knights lose their halfback. You'll probably see the Warriors gain their halfback. That might be the story of that clash, but I'm telling you, do not rule this Newcastle Knights side out. They are tough. They are resilient. And they have got the hottest hand in rugby league right now, Caelan Ponga. And I'll tell you what, Tyson Gamble's not that far off. So Newcastle Knights, do not rule them out. Uh, it's going to be a cracking finals week two. Cannot wait for it. Plenty more content coming your way on the Rugby League Guru podcast. We'll be in at Bloke in a Bar Studios to review all these games. The deep review, myself, Kempi, Matty, and of course, Timmy, who was at this game yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of a state Timmy's in. I know he's very excited at halftime, uh, and it would have been a tough road trip home. So shout out to Timmy. We love him. Uh, and he'll, he'd be very, very proud of his raids out of this game. More content coming your way on the Rugby League 
Guru Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.